The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at GuidedWest11, on Instagram at GuidedWest, and on Twitter at LauraWest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book, Guided, is available on Amazon and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. My guest today is April DeMille. April is a psychic life coach. She launched her own practice as Exordium Healing, where she works with those seeking spiritual answers. She claims helping others has become the reward itself as she helps her clients align with their own authentic truth. She is certified as an intuitive angel guide, hypnotherapist, life coach, Reiki master, and ordained in ministry. Having received her education as an integrative healing arts practitioner from the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts, April embraces ideas that are far from social norms. In this exploration, she was blessed with newfound freedom, soul rejuvenation, and hope to share with all. Hi, April. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. I've been really excited to talk to you. Me too. I am just really thrilled to dive in and hear about the amazing things that you've been up to, the work that you do, and hearing about your journey. So if it feels okay, let's go ahead and uh, get started. And maybe you can start by telling us the great work that you do these days. So I am a psychic life coach. And what that means is I am a psychic medium. I do channel, I have all the active players, but I'm also a life coach and I specialize in working with people, uh, overcoming grief and trauma, PTSD, anxiety, things of that nature. But I also work with other psychics and empaths that are learning how to train their own abilities and implement boundaries to help them manage their energy better. Wonderful. So would you say that you work with people who are at a point in their journey where they sort of understand what it is that they're dealing with and working with within their lives? Or do you work with people who are really at the beginning and they're like, I don't know what's happening to me? What's going on? How come I can sense this and that? At what point in people's journeys do you find that your work tends to fit in? I find right now that it really just depends on the person and how much they're already open to what they're going through because I'm not here to make anybody a believer, right? So there has to be that work already done. Also, it depends on the person and how much commitment they're willing to put in to overcome those challenges in their life or those uncertainties in their way. Got it. Okay. That that makes sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it just really depends on the person and where they're at and how much work they have done or they're willing to do. Everybody's different. It also depends on it's a client that's going through certain levels of grief. There are certain levels of grief that I don't really work with 
people that have just experienced a loss. Um, a lot of times I work with people that have already had a little bit of healing through that journey and they're just needing a little guidance, if that makes sense. But again, I don't want to put anybody under certain criteria. It really just depends. Sure. And I've heard of that too, where every psychic medium seems to have a niche. Of course, it can always change, but it just seems to be where they are in their own journey, how and the sort of clients and people that they attract. Yeah, that makes sense. And especially because like you said, we're all on our own paths and we're all changing and growing and developing it in all our own paces. And so I'm starting to become more and more open to even my galactic experiences. So it really just depends. Like you said, there's so many factors to weigh in when a coach and a client connect. Oh, it's so interesting that you brought up the galactic factor. I literally just interviewed a guest about her journey with Galactic Federation and her guide who's Pleiadian. So it seems to be becoming more prevalent. So it's very interesting, very synchronistic that you had mentioned that. So I actually would like to dive into that a little bit. But first, before we do, I am very curious to hear a little bit more about your journey through mediumship. What was childhood like for you? Is that where it started for you? I'll just say this. I was born on. When I came into this incarnation, I already had all the active clairs. I was seeing fairies when I was still in diapers. One of my earliest memories actually was when I was about a year old. I was in diapers. I couldn't talk yet, but I could walk. I was laying on my right side and a fairy crawled up on the top of my teddy bear and it said my name. And I went running out of the room, screaming, crying for my mom. Cause I was like, what the heck? Like, I didn't know what was going on. And of course, you know, I couldn't really talk or tell her what was going on. So she just was like, Oh, you're fine. Go back to bed. And I was freaking out. And that was one of my earliest memories of a fairy. How did you know it was a fairy? Did it look like the fairies that were used to seeing yeah, yeah. It looked, uh, I mean, I didn't know it when I was a little kid. Sure. I didn't know the fairy. I didn't know what it was. It scared the crap out of me because, you know, you don't really know what it is. Now, when I look back at that memory, it looked exactly like a fairy, like the things that we see in movies or in books or whatever. Why do you think a fairy was one of the first entities that you were exposed to? I don't know if it was one of the first I was exposed to. It was just one of the profound memories that I remember stood out loud in my mind. I'm sure I was exposed to lots of other beings because I am all the time. I think that's a good question. I think it's just, I don't think that I'm picky or they are either. I think I'm just that open of a portal, so to speak, for connection with beings in other realms. For whatever the reason, that one just happened to stand out the way it did. Could you describe what it looked like? It was small. And I have seen other fairies since then. They're not all the same. This one was, I want to say it was almost like the Tinkerbell kind of looking thing from Peter Pan. It was small, but she had really long hair, hair down to like her ankles. And she had cute little wings. And she said my name in this tiniest little voice. And the rest was history. Scared the crap out of me. (laughs) She was really cute. And since then, I still see fairies. I've seen them show up in other forms, some that are much smaller, like the size of ants almost, or termites. They're just like us. There's different forms, differences in them too. Have you ever 
communicated with them or do you work with them? I would say that I pretty much communicate with everything that comes through, but I don't set out specifically to work with them, but I'm also not against it either. Like I said, I'm just kind of like an open portal. So when things come through, I'm communicating. Got it. And I like that you leave it open that way and you're not limiting yourself to just this or that sort of entity because I'm sure it just really makes life very interesting for you. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. That's what came through. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And also it means that I can call on anything that I want to help me because I already have the trust. I already have what's called house rules. So I only do what I want on my terms. Nothing's here forcing me. If I'm uncomfortable, there's none of that stuff going on because I already have these super stern boundaries. And like I said, I call them house rules. So that's how I'm able to manage things and how I'm able to manage my energy. Because even when I was little, I had basically, for lack of better words, dead people standing around my room and they all wanted to talk. And I'm like, go away. I don't want to talk to you. (laughs) And so it's still that way now. I had to learn that I can talk to them when I want to, and they don't get to just have access to me anytime they want. How was that process like for you to get to that point? Did you have somebody that guided you through it? Did you have to sort of figure it out yourself? I would say I had lots of guides through it, but they weren't human. (laughs) Oh, got it. (laughs) How did they help you through that? A lot of it was just trial and error because even though I was born on, I could have uh, access to all these senses. A lot of it scared me when I was little because I didn't grow up in a household that had other psychics or other spiritual gurus ahead of me to help me out. So I grew up in a household that thought I was psychotic and crazy and I'm hearing voices and all the stuff, right? So I really Mm -hmm. shut down my experiences and I told God, yeah, this is a sick joke. Like I'm not playing your game. I hate this life. I don't want it. I don't want any of these things. And then It wasn't until after 2012 when my daughter died, my youngest daughter died, Mm -hmm. um, I went through this crazy dark night of soul transformation, like more levels of it. And then in 2017, I finally had to just accept that I'm a psychic. There wasn't no giving it back. I tried that for 38 years at that point. It didn't work. (laughs) So I finally had to just like step into it. And that's when things really started to change for me. And I would say at that point, it just came with practice, lots and lots of practice. It's like anything. It's a learned behavior and you have to practice, practice, practice. You know, I'm still practicing still to this day and I always will. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely an ongoing thing, especially because it's always seems to be morphing as well. So you mentioned in 2017, you just had to sort of accept it by that point. Was there a significant event that happened or was it just like, I just finally surrender given? <laughs> so there was lots of tower moments for me. Um, Mm. After my daughter died in 2012, I was homeless for like 10 years. Mm. Um, I'd gone through all these things, terrible things. And in 2017, I was actually homeless in my truck in Utah. When you go through something traumatic like that, that's when you really need your family to step up the most to help you. And that's when like they dropped me on my ass. Mm. It was terrible. I was suicidal. I hated my mission here. I hated everything about this, this life and this planet. And I didn't want to participate. I was homeless in my truck and I had an experience with aliens. So some galactics came in to help raise my vibration because I was ready to depart myself from this planet. I was like, yeah, this, this sucks. I'm not doing this. So some galactics came in, they raised my vibration. By the end of that month, I had decided to 
stop taking medications. Like I was going to do this on my own. I was tired of living a life full of medications and wrong diagnoses and things like that. So I just, yeah, it was from that point on, I haven't taken a single medication, not even over the counter stuff since 2017. And I changed my eating habits. I changed my lifestyle, everything about me healed. And I came out as a psychic two months after that. So yeah, there was a lot of significant things that really pushed me. They were like, take your mission. We're going to have to help you get there because clearly you don't want to participate. And I didn't (laughs) like there was no if, ands or buts about it. I was like, take this job and shove it. Y'all this sucks. Like I'm not doing this. (laughs) So, okay. So let's go back to the galactics and, and them helping you raise your vibration. Can you explain that experience? Describe what you saw, what you felt, what happened? Yeah, there was a lot of stuff that happened that night. It was really crazy. I had had galactic experiences before that night, but that particular night, I wish there was a way I could draw you a picture because (laughs) I I really can't, but I was in the valley. So like Springville and Provo are in a valley. So it's like a little bowl surrounded by the mountains. Mm -hmm. And I saw this door in the middle of the mountain open up and the mountain was like 30 miles at least from where I was parked. So it was dark and I was parked around a bunch of truckers out by like these open farm fields because I figured truckers would be a safe place for me to be part, you know, (laughs) since I was homeless living in my truck, I was like, I didn't want to be, yeah, in a dangerous spot. So I parked out in the middle of these fields by these truckers and it was just off the freeway, but I was looking up at the mountains and it was really late that night. I wasn't sleeping very well. And I looked over to the left and there's this enormous bright light, like really bright, like hospital lights, like super bright. I don't even know how to explain it started coming through the middle of this mountain. And so when I say the middle, it's not at the base and it's not at the top. It's literally smack dab in the middle of this mountain. This huge door opens. And I was like, what in the world is that? <laughs> like, why is there a door in the middle of the mountain? It's like, who does that? I'd heard before that there was military things and, you know, maybe church records were kept in caves, whatever. I don't care. It, that was neither here nor there. All I knew is this freaking door open in the middle of the mountain and I didn't know what the hell was going on. So I'm just kind of mesmerized, but to the left of that door. And so with the distance we had, the door looked like a, a garage door. It was really big. So mm-hmm. with it being that far away, it had to have been a massive door. So to the left of that, I saw this chariot come over the ledge and it was all in fire and lights. It was literally a horse-drawn chariot with like a knight riding on it and it come up over the ledge. And then instead of going down the ledge or turning around, it just reversed back down the ledge. It was the weirdest thing. And I was like, okay, I don't even know what is going on anymore. And then a few more things started to happen the truck started vibrating like where I was at. I was in the truck and it started vibrating. I was vibrating and I was like, oh my God. If you've ever felt that airy fairy feeling, it like shot me past that feeling. Felt like seizure almost, like vibrating (laughs) really hard. And I noticed when I looked up to the sky out my windshield in front of me, it was a clear night. So there was really pretty stars. And I noticed this one flashing above me, but then I noticed to each side of me, there was these other stars and they were all moving inward. And then they formed a diamond in front of my truck. And then I saw these beings come out and start rushing around my truck. And I was like, oh my God, yes, get me out of here. Woo-hoo. I literally thought they were going to take me home. <laughs> I literally was like, yes, take me out of this planet. I freaking hate this place. Yes, yes, yes. And um, I didn't realize in the moment that they had come to 
raise my vibration. And that was what they were doing. So I was all excited that they were going to get me out of there. (laughs) And a couple hours later, I woke up and I was still there and I was so pissed off. I was so mad. I was like, I cannot believe you guys left me here. I'm so mad at you guys. I don't even, we're not even friends anymore. Like I can't even talk to you right now. (laughs) You said there were truckers around you. Did anybody else notice any of this? No, that was the weirdest part about it. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen movies where they talk about like when aliens take people or whatever and how like nobody else seems to notice or everybody's frozen or asleep. It was literally like that. All the truckers around me were asleep. The whole town seemed to be asleep. How could nobody else see this freaking door in the mountains open but me? Like there's no way this massive door in the mountain could not be seen by anyone but me. That makes sense. I have heard of people who in the middle of the night, you know, an alien will come and mm-hmm. abduct them or, or whatever, but nobody in the house wakes up. Nobody notices. And it's like you said, this blinding lights and all yeah. these beings. So, wow. It's like they've got this paralysis all of a sudden. Yeah. And I think I've even heard sometimes people get screened memories. They're left with like screened memories of like certain animals or something like that. Honestly, I feel like I was probably abducted in that moment probably didn't fully comprehend everything that was going on. I just know I woke up and I was pissed off because I was still human (laughs) my body. And I was like, oh my God, this is not even funny. Apparently I was the only one that noticed in the whole place that time. And I thought it was very odd. That stood out to me, obviously very strangely that nobody else seemed to see what was going on. However, I have to admit that's kind of normal for me too, because as a psychic, Hey, did you see that? Nope. Okay. You know, so it's not like I hadn't experienced that before in my life because I pretty much had. Yeah, that's that's true. That's, that's a pretty good point. But for something that was like on that massive scale, um, yeah. it's so interesting how they have that effect. So did any one of those galactic beings stand out to you or? No, it was no. just it, it was just a team. There was like two or three of them and they rushed in like you, I couldn't see them real clear, but I could see. Oh, I don't even know how to explain it. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. It was almost like I saw just tracers of them coming in. Does that make sense? So like if if I just saw like little tracers of their bodies moving forward, that's kind of what I saw. That's the best way I can explain it. Got it. So you weren't able to really get like a good look at them or? No, it was more like a full body tracer. And that's about all I saw. So that I knew enough mm. that it was I knew it was a galactic team. And I was okay with it. I felt safe about that. Because I'd already come to an understanding about my gifts to a certain point by that time. Mm-hmm. Enough so that I came out of the psychic closet two months later. Got it. Now you mentioned, oh, they're here to take me home. So does that mean that you are referring to some galactic roots? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm mm. um part of the hybrid program. I'm still trying to establish, I think I'm a hybrid. In the way they explain it, it's more like a manipulation of my DNA rather than like a, I don't know. I'm still trying to get clarity on that when we have talks right now. So. Got it. Okay. So, okay. That's really interesting. Again, not a coincidence because I just spoke with somebody who shared with me that they're a hybrid human. And that was the first time I had heard of that. And now here's the second time. And this is like within a week. So amazing synchronicities again. So April, would you mind, since this is new for me, I imagine it's probably maybe new for some of the listeners. Can you explain what hybrid human even is? So 
some of us come into uh, the incarnation with the understanding that we are going to be having hybrid children, more or less. And so that doesn't mean that they are going to be in this earth existence with us. Sometimes they are taken and they are raised somewhere else and by our galactic family members. Oh, gosh, I feel like I have heard of that, like on the Gaia channel (laughs) somewhere. Someone was interviewed as a hybrid human. Does that mean that you were at one point one of those children or you're just part of uh, the program where you are the human version? giving your DNA to it? Right. I feel like I'm more of a hybrid program where our souls have connected in a way that there's a contract. So like I'm participating in the program. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know that I'm a hybrid. That's part of something I'm still trying to figure out and get clarity on. But I do know that my DNA has, I want to, I say manipulated because I don't know, that sounds like a negative word, but it's true. It's been manipulated in a way that I was open in the ways I'm open now. So that way I could get my mission done here. Got it. And would you say that it was manipulated with your permission? It had to have been like they can't do anything without our permission. Wonderful. Okay. Now, how did you come to realize this? Uh, They told me. Well, now, was this following that experience or? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been having experiences all my life. And a lot of times I astral travel. I travel at will. I'll leave my body at will and I'll go home to my home planets and things like that. Now it's not like I have to be abducted because now I'm just like so happy to get out of here. <laughs> I'm just like, see y'all later. Um, so it's not this traumatic abduction kind of thing like it used to be. And like maybe some people still might experience because now I know that like, I go back to the house rules and I'm in charge and I'm understanding of my soul contract and what we're doing. Got it. So astral travel, that's such a fascinating topic. Now, yes. at what point... Did you realize that that's what you were doing? And what is it like for you when you do it? Oh, I've been astral projecting since I was born. Okay. (laughs) That happens to be a specialty of mine. I've even been recording my dreams in a journal for 30 years. So every single night, I have anywhere between one to six experiences, and I write them down every morning. So I've been doing it all my life. So I don't think that there was a moment that stood out to me where I realized I was doing this. Like, I've, I've just always done it. Sure. Now... How do you know that it's astral travel for you? What does it look like? And do you prefer travel or projection or does it not matter? It, honestly, it's the same thing. It okay, okay, got it. It's the same. Got it. Um, so I feel like I've had times in my sleep where I've done that. I really do feel that. But I'm curious from somebody who has done it knowingly for so long and who does a really good job at keeping records of it. What does astral travel feel like to you? So even though I say it's astral projection and travel are all the same, it kind of is, right? You leave your body and you might project out of your body and just hang out right there by your body. But if you're traveling, you're like, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. Sometimes we just go home to recharge, like wherever we want to go, that's where we go. And a lot of us do it without even realizing we're doing it. It's our innate gift by our creative sources to keep our souls happy and healthy and recharged. And so I don't know how to really explain that I'm doing it. I just know that I'm doing it and I can do it at will. So like, if I want to see something specific, I will say, I want to go to the mountains in Hawaii and that's where I'm going to go. And that happens while you're in the sleep state. Yeah. And sometimes you'll know that you're doing it because you'll get scared and you'll feel like you're paralyzed and you're like suffocating when you're in between states of leaving your body and coming back. And so for somebody that's not practiced, you might feel like some 
crazy entity was trying to choke you or hurt you or sit on your chest and you get all these paralysis things and it scares the crap out of you, things like that. Or if you've ever like jumped and like woke yourself up because you like jumped and you were like, oh my God. So that's kind of like a crash landing. <laughs> that's kind of like, whoop. Yes, yeah. I'm so done that. You like jolt. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's so funny too. Cause I feel like every time that happens, like in my dream state, it's like I've tripped or something and it just totally jolts me. I've also heard too, like if you are flying in your dreams, that's also could be you, you know, traveling around as travel. well. Yes. Yeah, okay. And I do that. I do that a lot. <laughs> yeah. And everybody does just not everybody's aware of it. Sure. Um, and so that's astral travel. So that's when you know that you're actually going places because obviously, you know, our souls aren't confined by physical reality and material things and stuff like that. So we don't need cars or airplanes. We literally just go where we want. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And that's great that you could just at will say, hey, I want to go here and you go. I feel like people who are able to, you know, quote unquote, control what happens in their dreams, they've like really reached <laughs> a profound moment because sometimes it could be really hard to do that. It's, um, uh, yeah. yeah, it's really cool. It's a very specific thing that I've worked on, obviously, a lot in my life. And I had to because since I was so open as a channel and a portal, there were many times in and this hasn't happened a long time because I don't really vibrate this way anymore. But like, I've had a lot of fights with negative entities in my astral travels because I tend to be like a dream warrior where I'm helping people even there. And I would wake up with bruises or scratches or whatever. And I finally had to remember I was in charge and you don't get to do that. And I got to a point where I would call on my angels, even in my dreams, like I was very aware of what I was doing in my power. And they haven't been able to do anything like that to me since then. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, just that power of intention and realizing that we are in control can really help take that fear away. I love that you brought up angels, because I was wanting to ask if there are other entities that you tend to work with. So uh, lots, angels, <laughs> Bigfoot, fairies, galactics, I've witnessed so many things in my life. I've seen cherubs. I've seen like all kinds of things. Ooh, can we talk a little bit about Bigfoot? Yeah, let's now, do that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So can you talk about your experiences that you've had with connecting with Bigfoot? So a lot of that's really come on in the last um, couple of years, especially since December of this last year. When I was growing up, I asked my dad one time we were in Utah and I was like, dad, do you believe in Bigfoot? Like, what's that even about? And he was telling me how when he was younger in Oregon, he had an experience with what he considered Bigfoot because he smelled this horrible smell and like all this stuff. And so he was like, yeah, so I, you know, I, I think I'm a believer. And I wasn't sure how I felt about it, but I, you know, I had to believe that there's lots of possibilities when I can sit here and see fairies and talk to dead people. So I, right? couldn't, I, just count, <laughs> I couldn't just count his experience or anyone else's. But then in 2000, in 2020, had a really awesome experience with Bigfoot. I was staying out on this property that was like four or five acres. The spot that I was on was like four or five acres. And the closest neighbor was, you know, a mile or two away, something like that. The, the houses weren't right up on each other. They were, we were out in the country. Mm -hmm. And in, during that time, I was spending a lot of time outside. The Lion's Gate portal was going on actually at the time. And I knew that there was a gray galactic hanging out around me and I was being studied. I could tell because I asked when I feel them come in, I'm like, what are you doing? 
they'll just tell me what they're doing. And I'm like, all right, cool. It doesn't bother me because we all have jobs, all of us, right? So Mm -hmm. they have jobs too. So like they're doing their job, I'm doing mine, whatever. So they were studying me. And then I realized there's another entity here. Who is that? And I asked and they said Bigfoot. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's different. I wasn't expecting to hear that. I didn't smell any weird smells or anything like that. It was just a telepathic communication that was going on aside from knowing that this intense energy was there and being shown things in my my mind's eye. Then I said, all right, cool. Well, if you're Bigfoot, then I need some undeniable sign. You've got to leave me something like, you know, really cool, like a flower on my front doorstep. It's got to be very specific, right? Because at that point in my life, I needed that kind of proof. Mm -hmm. And so I left. Well, I didn't leave yet. That was on a Friday night. And then on Monday morning, it was really windy, like super windy, like such whippy winds. I don't even know what was going on, but it was really windy. And the RV I was staying at on the property was about 30 feet away from the house to the owners of the property, but they weren't there. They lived actually in Austin, which was about an hour away from where I was. And they were hardly ever there, but they had this washing machine on their porch. And it was Monday morning. I had to run some errands, but I was like, well, I'm going to go throw some laundry in before I leave. I opened the door. I went from the RV to the house, which which I said was like 30 feet. It wasn't very far and threw some laundry in the washing machine. So I was on the porch, you know, I'm observing everything that's going on and I get in my car and I leave. I run some errands and I come back and it's about one o'clock in the afternoon at that point. And it's still really whippy winds, crazy stuff going on. I take my stuff inside the house, put it up and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go grab this laundry out of the washing machine and go hang it on on the clothespin. This is true country bumpkin living. Okay. So I'm out there getting ready to hang my stuff on the clothesline. I go up to the porch and right when I put my leg on the first step, because there was only one step to the porch, I look down and I almost stepped on something and I was like, what is that? And I go to pick it up and it's this perfectly hand woven grass crown. And I have a I actually have a picture of it. I took a picture of it. And there's no way with all the winds that were going on, it could have even stayed there. There's no, If I hadn't picked it up in that moment, it would have flown off because it was so windy that day. And also the wind would have unraveled it because it was hand woven. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. It was like all grass and every knot in it was like handmade. And wow. it was laid right at my feet, like a little grass crown. And I was like, are you kidding me? That was very, I was like, thank you. That's very specific. You did not disappoint. So I picked it up before the wind blew it off, took a picture of it when I took it inside the house because I was like, no, but nobody's ever going to fucking believe this. Right. So I took a picture of it on top of a box because I was packing actually at the time. So I laid it on a box, a cardboard box, took a picture. And then I went and took it back outside and regifted it. That was a very awesome experience for me. And since then, I have been channeling more and more collective of the elder community, the elder Bigfoots. And I had recently found out, I asked them a question even about their smell. I was like, I don't understand why everybody says you stink. Why do you stink? And so they gave me an answer because I was like, I'm tired of hearing all these stories. Why do they say you smell bad? And I asked and they actually gave me an answer. And I was shocked by that too. So if you, if you want to hear that, I'll share that too. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So Everything I've heard about Bigfoot, people talk about how bad he smells. So I was like, look, most of the time I don't ask a lot of questions to other beings because most of the time I don't really care. If it's something I care about, I might ask. 
So for this occasion, I was like, all right, why does everybody say you stink? Because I've never had that experience with you and I don't really understand it. So can you like shed some light on the subject? It's a collective I'm channeling, but I speak mostly, I'm more comfortable with one being. He said that what happens is when they dematerialize because they're not always in physical form Uh and they're warping through different realms, it provides like a chemical reaction. Uh And so I didn't understand that because I'm no scientist or science guru. I don't give a shit about science. So I'm just like, okay, whatever. So like, (laughs) but the way they're explaining to me made sense, even though I'm no scientist, I was like, what? That's insane. Like I couldn't have even made that up in my head if I wanted to. Like (laughs) my mind just doesn't go there, but I was like, it makes sense. So like they were saying when they're warping through those realms at the speed of light or sound or whatever, it literally causes a chemical reaction And that's what people are smelling because they're dematerializing and they're moving at different speeds that are abnormal to our physical knowing. So it causes a chemical reaction and we get these pungent like smells from that reaction. And I'm like, oh my God, that's insane. Like, that's so cool. I would have never thought that ever. So that was the answer I got. And I was like, all right, cool. Now I know. That's yeah, just so amazing. Yeah. And I mean, not only, you know, to receive an answer that makes sense, but one that we would never think, but also that they can transport between different, is it dimensions? I mean, yeah, well, they don't have to be in physical form the way we do. Yeah. They're way more evolved than we are. We are so behind when it comes to that stuff. So like mm. their bodies aren't created the same. And I think that's why they've stayed so very well camouflaged yeah because they don't have to be in physical form all the time so basically when they're dematerializing or moving quickly through warping warping realms or whatever Mm -hmm. that's what's throwing off that stench is this chemical reaction and i'm like that's pretty impressive dude that's (laughs) crazy yeah that's so wild so you know you channel bigfoot do you happen to channel or know much about mermaids i do know that they exist but i have never channeled them. Mm. I've been open to their existence as well as there's a few other things that I haven't nailed down real clearly yet going on in the deeps of the water, but I don't channel them. I just never have had an interest, I guess, yet. Got it. If that ever changes, let me know because I definitely feel a deep connection with them. And maybe that's something I should try. I guess I never even thought about that. Maybe I should try and I'll let you know if you are interested. Yeah, that's, yeah absolutely. Um, I'm, yeah. All, I'm all open to that. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, this has just been so incredible so far. Um, Just absolutely amazing and mind-blowing things that you're sharing. So really, thank you so much. Now, before we go, I t- just wrap up our interview. I was wondering if I, whoever is meant to to bring the message through, if you wouldn't mind maybe sharing a timeless message to the listener for the time that they listen to this episode, that it would resonate for them. The first thing that comes to my mind is that a lot of people are afraid of their own experiences. And in that, it shuts down the experience. And, and people will ask for signs and they'll ask for messages, but then the messages come and they're afraid of it. And and then they think they're, they're crazy and things like that. So 
the message right now would be your experiences are real. They are valid and you are not crazy. I actually called the cops on my angel and filed a police report. So believe me when I say I understand that things seem insane and crazy and unrealistic, but you are not crazy. You are not making stuff up in your head. This is real. Embrace your abilities. Well, that is absolutely wonderful advice. Absolutely. Um, I really can't let that go uh, pass by you calling the cops on your angels. So, I mean, can, would you mind sharing that story? No, it's, it's, it's quite a funny story. Um, so in 2017, I had come back to Texas and I had already come out of the psychic closet, right, at that point. Mm-hmm. And I was really butthurt because I was mad at my guide because I was like, how come other people know your name, but you haven't told me your name and I'm really mad at you and blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm having these conversations with my guide and I was really upset with my guide. And so I was like, and also we're just going to have to meet face to face because I'm just really tired of this stuff. Like I was really um, in my ego about my experiences with my guide at the time. So my guide said, well, it's going to scare you. And I was like, oh my God, how in the world is it going to scare me when I'm asking for it? Hello, what is wrong with you? Right? Like I'm super like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And so sure enough, over a couple months, I was getting all these kinds of signs. Like I was getting writing on the walls, like my room, I I would wake up in the middle of the night and there'd be words written all over my walls in like gold lettering. And I'd get piles of sunflower seeds left at my door at my front door and my side door and my back door and I didn't eat sunflower seeds and I was home alone and I also lived in the country um so I was like clearly no raccoon is eating sunflower seeds and piling them at my all of my doorsteps so like there was all kinds of crazy stuff well this one day and this was I believe in 2018 October I was out planting some seeds in the backyard and I had that very familiar feeling wash over me where I was like, oh my God, somebody's watching me. And that's a normal feeling for someone that's psychic and has guides and stuff always around, right? Right. But it was really intense. And I was like, all right, that's actually making me uncomfortable. So I'm going to go inside and call it a day. It was already four o'clock in the afternoon. It was hot. I was like, all right, I'm just going to call it a day, whatever, put my stuff up. So I went inside, put my stuff up and I was like, I'm going to go down, check the mail. So I walked down to the end of the driveway And I'm at the mailbox. And right before I even touch the mailbox, like I look up because I don't know, it was like 10 or 15 doves just like dispersed into the sky all of a sudden. And I was like, what the hell? And then I look down back at the road where I was and there's a man standing in front of me. And I'm like, uh, hey, (laughs) what the freaking hell? It happened so fast. And he looked just like a normal man t-shirt shorts um ball cap i was like how did you just get there all of a sudden like if you were in the woods i would have heard you coming through the woods like it was so weird i was like hey but then all of a sudden i was like oh my god some guy was spying on me in the woods like my 3d body like kicked in and all my fears like kicked up and sure I was like, oh my god so i ran up into the house and i was like i don't know what just happened that was so weird and i heard him say something what he said was she saw me but his mouth didn't move when he said it and i was like oh my god i do not know what just happened so i'm like hiking back up the driveway and i'm going in to call a friend i run out to the backyard because 
this guy started walking down towards the road. And I knew if I went in the backyard, I could see around to the road to see where he went. So I ran into the backyard to see if he was still on the road and he had disappeared. And so I was like, oh my God, I don't know what just happened. So I called my friend and I was like, dude, come get me, take me to the cop shop. Like we're going to go to the police station and I'm going to file this police report because I'm pretty sure this guy was spying on me in the woods. And I don't know, I was freaking out. So like, sure enough, I go file this three page police report, which I still have a copy of. And I get home later that day and I'm really upset and I'm really angry and I'm like really mad that somebody violated me and was spying on me and all this stuff, right? Now I'm upset and I'm blacking out the curtains and placking out the windows and I'm being a smart ass and I'm, I'm a little rebel. So I'm like, you think you're so smart and you think you got one over me watching and spying on me. So now I'm blasting that song by Rockwell that's like... I always feel like somebody watching, you know, that song. So yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. blasting the song being a mega smart ass, right? And I'm just like so mad. And then I think I sat in that anger and I sat in that, that confusion for about a week or two before my body finally calmed down. And then I'm sitting in my room and somebody had said something to me and I was like, wait a minute. And then my guide was like, we told you it was going to scare you. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, what the fuck? I call the cops on my angel. Who does that? (laughs) And so that would make sense. Like why nobody could see him, but me and the cops did the police report and they came out there and looked and nobody had evidence, but me. And I'm like, Oh my God, you guys. Yeah, so when they say that you're not crazy and shit like that really happens, I mean, yeah, it's going to happen. And you've got to be able to, like, really remind yourself that those experiences are real. I mean, I I got chills when you told me that you saw him. So very validating. You know what's interesting? I'm looking on my phone where we're recording this. And right when you mentioned you saw him, my phone, I kid you not, said 4444. I kid you not. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I did want to ask, do you remember like what was written on your walls in the gold? Oh, they write on my walls all the time. So I don't remember (gasps) what it was specifically, but they write on my walls all the time. One time I had... So I think they were writing his name. I think his name was Greg, the guy that was coming through at the time. But it was other stuff too. They've written on my wall so many times. Um, one time I was channeling a girl that had been murdered with her boyfriend in Utah. And I asked when they were going to find their bodies. And they said sometime in the spring, but they kept writing on my walls, keep out. And that's how I knew that they were going to be found by like mine shafts because there was like keep out signs everywhere. And I was oh. like, oh. Sure enough, come time for spring to come, the snow started melting and they found their bodies 100 feet down in a mine shaft. Got it. Have you ever done work with the police for like missing persons and stuff? I have not. I have definitely considered that it's something I should probably look into because even last year, somebody had contacted me and there was some crazy stuff going on and a flood happened, I think, or something like that. And the lady was like, hey, just as a friend, do you know what happened to the girl? And I said, honey, she's already crossed over. And she was like, are you sure? And I was like, I mean... I see her crossed over. I mean, but I wouldn't tell the parents that right now because they're going to have to figure this out and have closure in their own way. Mm-hmm. And they have to be able to look for her and figure this out on their own. And she was like, okay, well, two days later, her body was found. Mm. So I have considered it. I haven't done it. 
but I have definitely considered it because I think it would probably be valuable, but I haven't really, you know, looked into it too much. Well, gosh, April, this has just been so fascinating. I really do. Thank you so much for your time. And gosh, as more things transpire, we definitely got to have you back on to share those experiences if if it feels good to you. So thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. This has been exciting. And I'm, I'm really grateful that you invited me here. Thank you so much. And that was another episode of A Guided Life Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.